Hello and welcome to the Mancunian Candidates, the show where a couple of Brits have a look at what's going on in the American world of politics and pop culture and we try and break some stuff down and we also discuss what's going on in our own blighty and bring some of the terrible and wonderful and awful stuff that's going on here to our American friends. I'm Mike Royce and I'm joined as always by... Myself, Paul Ripley. And I was listening to Tony Blair on the way into the studio today. I talked about um, Tony Blair Foundation and what he would do. It's good of you to give him a lift. Uh, well, I'm kindly, I'm kindly. Um, it wasn't the bus, it was my car, so it was all right. Huh? Uh, and he, he came out with some great stuff, really. Some clear information which I thought made sense. Basically, well, that's people who don't know, uh, you listen in the States, Manchester and the surrounding area, Greater Manchester, is locked down at the moment, meaning, well, they call it lockdown. Meaning what? Because meaning, I, I've got a bar. Meaning this. And, and, meaning this. And people don't know whether they can meaning come this, to my bar. If I not. was single, I had a girlfriend who didn't live with me, she couldn't come to my house and we could not have sex. Okay. However, we could go to a hotel, yeah. go to a bar first, yeah. get leathered, go to a hotel, yeah. and have sex if we wanted to have sex. Yeah. Or just maybe kiss. Yeah. But we couldn't do it in my house. We couldn't the, do it in her the, house. The, that the, was a lot of How is anybody going to understand that i'll tell you now they we had reopened about three weeks four weeks it was slowly building up confidence more people were coming and we had a quite a busy night and it is socially distanced it run brilliantly and i thought it's this actually, is your bar yeah yep. Fab cafe and and then suddenly this hits and another lockdown but is it a lockdown people are texting me what's going on the staff are we having to lay the staff off do we shut no no we stay open all oh, right well, why do we stay open well i guess we're allowed to stay open so that we can't knock on the government's door and say can i please have another grant no, because because you've shut me down again so we're not shut down we're open but pretty much no one will come now because you're not it's difficult for people to understand that they can't go to the neighbor's house they can't go to the friend's house. They can't go to the grandmother's house who's ill. But you can meet someone in a pub and get levered. Here's Chris Times. What Tony Blair said and explained quite clearly and, and precisely, and it really, I think, it applies to this country and it certainly applies to the United States, is regarding testing. And he says, what's the point of testing people who are showing signs of the illness? Mm. Just confirming yes or no, the gods them. He says, what's got done to actually... To have any result whatsoever is to test the population. Correct. And then, because people who are asymptomatic... Yeah, the super spreaders, as they call them. Yeah, the asymptomatic will... I mean, they're going around undetected now, spreading it because they're not being tested, because they're not yeah. ill. Yeah. They, so well, what's the point of testing? Well, I don't think people... I just want to clear this up for the show, anybody listening who doesn't get what a super spreader is. A super spreader is somebody who just happens to have a nice, a very strong immune system or a bit certain... DNA setup that that is really good at staving off this virus, but that means that they carry the virus for longer because it hasn't burnt itself out. It hasn't gone through. You haven't had the symptoms and got better or had any treatment or anything else. You aren't aware you've got it because it's it, you're carrying it, but it's the symptoms have not started and. Normally, it happens within days or within seven days, and some of these people have been carrying it for quite a lot longer than that. Well, they're called super spreaders because they are carrying the virus, but they don't get ill 
enough that they realise they've got it, so they uh, isolate themselves and take themselves away, so they immunise people from the risk. They they are walking around thinking they're not ill. They think that they're fine. And they But for two weeks, and sometimes even longer than that, they are shaking hands with people, touching people, leaving residue, you know, um, sneezing, all sorts of stuff. And they're just, everybody's getting infected and those people are becoming ill almost straight away. And and it becomes very, very, very difficult. I did watch the show that you recommended to watch, which I thought was a wonderful breakdown. Yeah. It was on Channel 4. And it, it explained the spread of this with some graphics that when you watch them, it was mesmerizing to see how quickly it starts out very slow and then it sporadically in weird pockets just bursts out. And the next minute, the whole country's on fire with it. So, bearing that in mind, the way forward, uh, and they asked, they asked Tony Blair, uh, Tony, as, uh, Boris Johnson spoke to you about this, and uh, he sort of laughed and said, no, but I have spoken to government ministers. Mm. And it's clear that we have to, for a period of time, don't know how long time may be, maybe mm. years, no, we can't fix this, we can't fix this, because we won't do this, so we have to live with it. We're doing it done now, it's too late. The time for this. that was was in the early few weeks, and maybe you can blame China. I think it's it's actually pretty fair to to blame China to a certain degree because no, the latest news this morning just broke that there's a, a doctor from China saying it's actually come from a military uh, laboratory. Mm, How I, true that is, we I've don't no know. idea. But all I do know is that they could have alerted the world more. And what Trump is saying, and my God, it's the rare occasion where he's got a point. Although I wouldn't call it the kung flu and be a racist asshole like him. No. He he's got a point that China put their own reputation and their global um, reputation and their position in the world economy before raising the news, uh, raising the threat level to everybody in the rest of the world so that people could prepare for it. They certainly could have very many stages. When they were shutting down that wet market in Wuhan and they were dealing with that, they could have said, this is about to be huge. Yes. um, Anyway, on today's show, we have... um a spokesman, should we say, for, um, I would say a spokesman for Donald Trump, I will not go that far, a spokesman who works with Fox News, who's very uh, right-wing and his, his views, we, we take on board and we listen to, and we, well, we, we sh- we're here to share it, to um, to make the point of um, people have different views than ourselves here on the station. Also, we have from New York City, Joe in Queens, so it's a double-header this week, our two American friends will be joining us. Now, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because I, I said about Tom there, Tom Anderson from Tom Anderson Radio Show, uh, and it's because of his politics. You have to say it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you can't just say, it's Tom Anderson. Oh, but he's a right-winger and he's a bit, you know, supportive of Trump. Mm. A lot supportive of Trump. So how do... So this divided world um, we live in... I, I would it's say... It's a weird one, a, isn't it? Apologist. Because <coughs> I believe he is aware. I know he's aware that some of this is not quite. It's right. a little bit like Brexit, I suppose, over here, where um, that divide and conquer world has been so successful over the last few years with American politics and with British politics. Divide and conquer. And we have people, we've talked many times about Brexit, we've not talked about it, which will be coming up very soon. Um, and and there's, still, there's still people talking about Ramona's, I read an article before. And the Ramonas won't be happy because we've done a deal with Japan. So we can now get cheaper Japanese goods and they will buy our bacon. Mm. 
uh, and the sun's celebrating like crazy. A right-wing newspaper over here. It's, it's not a newspaper. Yes, yeah, good it's point. It's not a newspaper. Good point. Good You're point. insulting journalists when you call that a newspaper. I am. So, shall we try... I mean, we've got a new system here at Fab Radio, and um, it's very posh. So, <clears> but what... We, well, a few things we can do. We, we've got a phone system, so we can ring people up, obviously, like most radio stations have. But wow! It's not a dual thing. Wow! No, just calm oh, down. Oh, no! Just calm down. My God, it's just like calm, being in a Stanley Kubrick just, sci-fi Just movie. calm down. We can ring them direct from the desk. Mm. And, and... Well, yeah. all right, for people who don't know, what you normally do, uh, and all the stations around here do it, you ring away from the what we're talking through now and you put them through to the desk. Here we can ring them direct as well. And I think that's more fun. It's like back in the days of Key 103 when you used to ring up uh, certain supermarkets and ask some crazy things. We can do that. Yeah. So if he answers the phone saying hello, we get it live. I prefer that. Yeah, of course. Shall we try? Yeah. To go. Let's ring up Tom. I suggest you tell him from, his life first before uh, he well, starts going on about well, some personal I, I stuff. I think you're right. Let's have a go. If I um, click over here, let's go. To, uh, I just uh, while you, I'm, my mouse isn't too. Oh, it's technology. My mouse isn't working too well. Can you just carry on, Mike? While I'm just sorting this out. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I can carry on. So, what a week it's been. What a week it's been. Uh, back in lockdown uh, here, and the latest one in, in Manchester, lockdown again. We think also uh, it came through earlier that Aberdeen's gone into full-on lockdown, which, I mean, the shops, bars and everything have shut there, which which also poses a question. They, we were told there'd be different responses, dependent on where it is there'd be different responses. And we were told that there would be individual targeted lockdowns in the case of of this. So how come Manchester, the lockdown is don't go to people's homes, but all the businesses are open. But Aberdeen has got the same corona spike, pretty similar. And they've closed down. They've just done a lockdown. They've just rolled back five weeks and they've, they've closed the businesses and the bars. So I'm unclear on that. And again, I'm pretty certain that the public are going to be on this. And then it also raises the problem. I mean, look, I don't want to throw spanners in the I want people to get better. I don't want this to just keep rolling on and on and on. But when you have these localised ones, like you had in Leicester, and then you heard tales of people setting up little mini raves and stuff on the outskirts in fields and charging tickets, then you hear that the... The Leicester people were driving to nearby cities just so they could go and have a drink and avoid the lockdown. And um, I mean, this is the problem. I don't know what to say on it. It's it's just confusing, isn't it? It's uh, a bit mad. It's a it's a bit mad. Uh, just so you know, we've reached his voicemail okay. and he didn't answer. Uh, should we have another go? Yeah, there's a problem doing it live, isn't it? I had I had um, problems in that. On the Starburst radio show last week, I, I really messed it that, up. That's, but that was that's me. I didn't know what I was incompetence. doing. It was incompetence, I agree. You, know, you laugh about my talking about phone and radio. Here's someone who can't use a phone. It's, not, a fo- it's not his phone, though, is it? Oh, it's suddenly it's, not a phone now, a is it? Oh, oh. It's a system oh, behind the phone. I see. Well, that's, well, hmm. Let's go. I'll get back to that uh, number and we'll ring it again. Yeah. So let's have a go. What I want to know is... 
voter fraud? Yes. Fake or not? I mean, is that fake news? I think that's fake news. I think that he put a tweet. He put a tweet up this morning saying Donald Trump in two thousand and twenty-four and twenty-eight and thirty and blah blah blah, and he's doing that just for, to wind people up now. Yeah, of course he is. Yes. No. Well, it's when he said he made that announcement about the delay in the election, and he knew uh, he knew that was. He, I think he, f- I think he put that out there just to see the response from the Republican Party. And I've got to say, here we go. We're in, it surprised me. Hello, Tommy. There. Hello. Yes, oh, he's there. Um, let's just put the levels up. We've got a new phone system here. Um, I hope you're live now on Fab Radio. Tom Anderson from Tom Anderson Radio Show. Um, I was just had the mickey taken out of me by uh, Mike. But you understand that. Guys, how are you? We're good. We'll just turn you up a bit. One second. Yeah, we're back in lockdown, Tom, unfortunately, here in Manchester. We've got a weird lockdown where we're not allowed to go to each other's houses but I'm not allowed to close my business and get any compensation. So my bar is open, and I, but I'm not allowed to go to anyone's house. Oh, boy. I we don't know how... In the United States, have all sorts of different regulations state by state, so it's kind of a, a mixture of what you can and can't do. Some schools are in, like in, in our state of Alaska, our, our largest city, Anchorage, kids are going to have teleconference schools but in just 40 miles away in the area I live, uh, the school district's going to have in-school classes. So it's, it's really somewhat confusing. I'm going to Vegas with my wife in September, and we'll think of you, Mike, when we're there. Jared, former Secret Service agent, and his wife, Cheryl. But, um, you know, we, we're nervous about... Will there be more restrictions? We already cancelled once in February. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, this is a crazy thing. I've got an apartment there, and I can't go. I can't go. It, it's it's madness, isn't it? But the I understand yeah. it. I mean, I don't want to take a risk. I, I, the last thing I want to do is catch it. I mean, it, it's 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 apparently. I mean, people shrug it off, but I, I've seen some of these eyewitness accounts of the agony that people go through. And I think even if you get it and get better, I don't think it's a picnic. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either for sure. I also, we're working with a medical provider in Alaska called Capstone. And they have a really neat new technology. A lot of apps in the United States, Google would be one, has a tracing element. So if you do get it, they can say, okay, Mike was around his wife. Mike mm. was around Paul. Mike wasn't around Tom, but he was around whomever. And they're able to trace, and you both yeah. understand that. But this this new product is called COVID Secure, mm. and it's really innovative. It basically allows you, you, you upload it for free unless it's through an employer, then your employer pays or the school district pays. Mm. And then you, when you go to work or you go to school, you have like four or five questions, and you have a, a bio on there of your, uh, you know, your, your health. Mm. And then basically that allows you to go to work. That allows you to go into a bar. And they're contemplating kiosks even to say this bar is COVID secure. Right. You have the COVID secure app. Yep. Like checking mm. in at the airport. Scan it. We, we see that you put in notes this morning. Your temperature, your conditions are fine. 
come on in, have a drink. However, I just want to say about cool. that, um, Tom. Have you been tested? I haven't been tested, and I haven't gone anywhere to need to be tested, fortunately. But, we have grocery service, and I went to the grocery store weeks ago, but, but you know, with masks and all the paraphernalia. And then we have a very secluded studio, and I work move my ad agency to home. So I'm not out enough to... Um, I, I understand that point, but, but no, you, I what you're saying about that app, how can that app be effective when you may have the virus, but you're not having the symptoms? Be a super well, spreader. good point. That, that's a good point. That I think it, it's partially based on liability to say that based on what we know, this is this is in in terms of the symptoms themselves, we don't have them, and then there's a definite risk there across the world. But at some point, without that risk, I mean, we wouldn't have any functionality, right? There would yeah, be yeah. no commerce. Yeah. There would be no anything. Yeah. Uh, how in general? You know, is... If you said I may have it, so I won't leave my house. That could be everybody on earth. Well, no, yeah. I mean, we've no, got to uh, do sign so, some no, way forward. But, yeah, you have a test. There you go. I think that everybody in the world should be tested, yeah. no matter whether they've got symptoms or not. And, and I agree, we were just discussing that because Tony Blair, our ex-Prime Minister, he's just been making a statement and Boris said, oh, no, it's staff that. Well, I disagree. I think everyone should be tested. We should find a way of just testing everyone. But the difference is if you uh, go in the White House or play football here in the UK, you are tested and the results are known within the hour. Uh, most people who go for a yeah. test, uh, it's yeah. either two days or two weeks away. And it's, I'll tell you this, I got mine, uh, I get tested every two weeks because I'm going in with that condition I've got. And I got my results within two hours. Two hours. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it yeah, can we, be done. Well, remember, we work with the company that does this. So our, yeah. our client, Capstone, has the contract for all uh, the big airports and for all of our commercial fishermen. It's huge. And so I'm familiar with the, the rapid tests, the ones we have in the U.S., and then the longer ones. And I, and I think you are right about testing. The good news is, and not that we're debating for once, but in Alaska mm. per capita, we have the highest testing in all 50 states. Mm. So I'm with you. Yeah. Well, uh, it seems to be working because you're, uh, you're in a very good position well, compared to the rest of the map. I mean, I keep watching. It's the, still you, quite high. Uh, well, I mean, it, everything's higher than you'd want it to be, but yeah. when you look at well, I'll California... Well, I'll email you an article that, was, that compared Hawaii to Alaska because, the, you know, mm. that there's the contiguous 48 states and then the 49th is ours and the 50th yeah. is Hawaii. Yeah. And so, and of course, Hawaii is an island and Alaska is on the other side of Canada, yeah. uh, closest to Washington State and Seattle. Mm. So if you think about that... It's neat to look at the the way we handle it, and I will say braggingly, mm. our governor and team, and then the way Hawaii handled it. Mm. Uh, and I we can't dialogue on it now because you haven't read the article. But when yeah. we hang up, I'll send you the article, yeah. which was published last yet last night. And they said, "Hey, here's a case of two states that are far from the continental United States, but that have similar, you know, tourism, infrastructure, commerce, and how did they handle it?" And the gist of the article is Alaska fared better. Mm. So based on some of her protocols, and one of which is what Paul said, mm. testing as much as possible. 
Um, do you think the government, United States government, will take that on board? And I know Trump's always saying about we're the biggest test in the world and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, do you think that he will go on down that road of trying to test everyone? Or is it... Because what I was reading last night is some states don't have the equipment to do all the testing, the chemicals required. So do you reckon it's better off done locally rather than nationally? Well, sure. I mean, I think that the, the, the move is to get everybody tested, but I don't know if there's going to be a date to do so. No different than, I think, Trump for two reasons. One, because I, I don't think he thinks it's necessary personally um, to have to mandate a mask. Your question was testing, but yeah. I think they're, they're both comparable. That Do you force everybody? Force, you know, mandate, whatever mm. term you want to use to make them the verb do it. And, and then make them wear a mask. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Trump is trying to give some latitude, just like I mentioned Alaska. The, our big city, don't go to school. Call mm. in. Our next biggest area where I live, second biggest in the state, yeah, you can go in. And just be careful. There will be protocols. The, the, our governor is saying, like Trump, uh, you have an option, not a mandate. And that seems to be more palatable. So will Trump say mandate everybody wear a mask? Mm. No. Will he say everybody test? No. Will he say all schools closed? No. He'll leave that up to the states, and that's the beauty of America. And not to make a political statement, I mean truly he, the, the checks and balances of our Yeah, nation, but you know, one, you know. That's and one I, of the cool thing. Well, I think I'd, I actually disagree. I think you know and I know that certain knuckleheads will go against it and not wear mass or social distance when it's appropriate to do so just for saying they're not taking away our freedoms and therefore i'll go you know i'll go into a bar pat bar and not pay attention to them rules because they are just trying to show something about it's like um braveheart from scotland mm. you know it's, it's a bit it's a bit mad and you know there's people like this though tom if we all went down the road that you're talking about and behave sensibly it would be wonderful and it wouldn't have to be mandated but we can't, we can't take them. We take them board idiots. Well, I mean that's one perspective. Uh, just like you have an open road where we don't have a helmet law, and some some motorcyclists wear them, some don't. We have a speed limit, and some some follow it, some don't. Um, the 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 law or the mandate, the rule, the policy here would be: be precautious, wash your hands. Some people don't. And I, you know, it's like saying you, you go to the bathroom and yeah, but you, I know you're you've got to laugh at this, but mandate someone to wash their hands. I mean, I think there are some <clears> levels where we probably can't do that. I and do, I yeah, but you did, the, the speeding thing is a great example. Uh, you've got to realise that you must agree with this. If that, if there wasn't such an enormous fine um, for speeding. People would speed more, and they would. They'd be, they'd be, they'd be disregarding the speed limits. It really would be. You have to have some penalty. And over here, we've made it worse because you have the point system. Where over in America, I could go and get ten speeding tickets in a day and just drive like a maniac. And just as long as I had enough money, I could just keep paying these fines. Well, I'm not. Uh, that's uh, not true in Alaska. We is have it a not? All oh, right. Well, we have we one have here. So if we get so many tickets, you lose your license. Right, I do. Well, in uh, Nevada, they didn't. That's what was going off. I don't understand how that's, that should be the same all over, but, you know, that's a, dif a different 
But see, that's an, that's an example of, of where there's liberties and freedom. And, and for instance, in Nevada, they, they have, speaking of Nevada, they have in casinos a mandate that you wear masks. Mm. And they have a mandate that you have other, uh, other precautions. And when you fly in, it, like for Alaska, I have to use our example. Sorry, you're going to yeah, get sick sure. of hearing about our state. But I just, it, you, have a, you have to have a test within three days. So when we go to Nevada in, on, in September, we'll either get a test there the day before we leave, yeah. or we'll have to get tested by my client Capstone's team at the Anchorage International Airport. Yeah. And then we self-quarantine. So, I mean, it's not, I know... You, particularly Paul, I know his heart's in the right place, but this comes down to, not to bring in Trump, so many different areas where there, there needs to be, in my opinion, I err on latitude, on self-determination within reason. Paul can come back and say, okay, a-hole, someone didn't wear a mask and they spread the virus. I'm not condoning that. I agree. But, I mean, I also look at, like, forcing schools to shut down. Parents can't go to work. That's my issue, not your guys, as you didn't bring yeah, that but up sh- in today's but surely, dialogue. But I'll bring it up. But you you know, force kids to not go to school and stay home? What did the parents do? Tom, Tom you're a family man. Um, and you, you know, what comes first? The family. Surely you've got to look at it that way. It's not about education, it's about survival at the moment. I think this is a game changer across the world. I, th- I actually think we've got to look at the politics in a different way after this virus, if it ever goes away. I don't think politics should have been involved at no, any in point. Place, and, no. but, but at the end of the day, you've got a, a weird situation where if you're wearing a mask, it's a statement that you're, you're yeah. anti-Trump. And it, I think that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's crazy. I, I can't believe that that's ended up in that, that situation. I mean, people get grief for wearing them now of people who are pro-Trump. Yeah, it's matters. But let's move on because um, we've got a short time with Tom and then we're going over to New York. Well, I know you guys didn't want to bring up Trump, but I'll tell you one oh, thing. No. You <laughs> must. You're both rational, smart men. You must, from afar, recognize the grave fear, and this is not bravado to make your ratings go up or to cause sensationalism. I'm being sincere, friend to two friends. You must be in fear of Joe Biden getting in with his dementia continuing. And no, I'm not. I'll tell you why I'm not. Like Trump, I'm nervous. No, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you why I'm not. I'll in t- all my life, yeah. not of Trump getting elected, of Biden getting elected. Yeah, no, I'm I'll, nervous. Because I'll, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I am totally aware he's got Alzheimer's and I'm totally aware that it's a bad situation. But no, I'm not worried because there are other people around him who will run things in a more rational way than things are being run right now. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You've got you've got troops bundling people into cars on the street of Portland. That isn't America to me. What I'm seeing in Portland right now is the behaviour of a fascist dictator putting his claws around people's liberties right now. You're talking about liberties, no, and it, it, it's not true. You don't understand. I do understand. Mike, I've watched I both of it. I've seen both sides. Comments. Seen both but, sides. But my producer, but half of the people listening to my show are from Portland or Oregon, yeah. and they talk about the devastation. Their family's seeing these, these antagonists, in many cases, these criminals yeah. come in at people. Some people can't go to work. And, and Trump says, hey, if, if the mayor, if the weak-kneed, spineless mayor can't go and resolve this, we will. You you look at that as fascism? Yeah, well, they're not. They, uh, they're fascists because they're moving outside the area that their domain is. They're not allowed under that law 
to move out of that federal jurisdiction, that area around that building, and they have done, and you know they have done. And at that point, they are in illegal occupying force. And that is not me making any speculation. That is an absolute legal certainty that anybody would tell you. And I've seen that wall of moms as well. So there's two sides to this. And I totally agree with you that there are agitators there. But there are also peaceful protesters that are being lumped in with the same military response. If someone were to, he who writes history and says history makes history. If someone were to say, you know what, mom, time to go to bed, time to eat dinner. We're going to turn off fab radio. And by the way, that young man, Mike, I trust him. And what I heard last was, oh, there are some, quote, agitators and then peaceful protesters. Based on what that nice fellow Mike said, he seems smart. My God, I'm, he, he's correct. What a travesty Trump's getting involved. And you're so wrong. It's not just agitators. You got, and I'm not going to rank on you that I'm American, but nope. get your facts straight. It, it's far more hostile. It's the same stuff as, hey, not having a gun doesn't mean anything in London, and then the guy cuts the soldier's head off. I mean, you've got to get your facts that's, straight. That's bollocks that as well, Tom. That, no, that's bollocks, by the way, that one about him cutting his, his head off. That or, is such an outlier. That never, ever happens. And you know why? It, it, none of that stuff happens because we don't have guns and they have to use the knife like that. Uh, You're I'll, talking I'll about ask, one maniac. I'll ask this one question. How many people die of the gunshots uh, this year in the States? Is, you know, and, oh, tons. Let's, and not, let's not go down that road. Right, Tom, Tom um, Vice Pre- uh, well, VP for Biden, who would be most effective, do you think, if you was a Democrat? Who would you choose? Well, I don't think, I do not think Susan Rice or the U.S. Senator from California, Kamala Harris. Okay. I don't think either one. No, of take away your head. Take away your Republican I think they head. Would be placeholders. Okay, take away your Republican I, head. They're black and they're female. So whoop do Well, do? they're likely I don't to think be. You don't bring in someone for those. Well, remember Tom. Remember Tom. This will be the most important VP pick in many, many, many decades because if the polls are right, let's just say the polls are right and Trump is going to lose. Say that. Uh, you don't have to offer a comment on that. We just go in and what if. If he does, and we, me and you, I think we're on the same page about Biden and his health. I think he isn't going to be going two terms. This person is likely to be the president of the United States within four years. So who would you choose? Yeah, well, I hope it's not Kamala Harris. She's an awful person, and I think she's spoken out of both sides of her mouth. As a prosecutor in the where was she San Francisco Oakland yeah. area, yeah. and um, it, you know law enforcement others have said she lied. She didn't come across. I think she's mean spirited. I don't like fake smiles. If we want to pick on Trump yeah. or Pence for these things, I'll say the same to her. I'm not sure. I, you know who I wish they would pick. Speaking of Hawaii, mm-hmm. Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, the former, the former, you know, the, the oh, former. She's the, a whack. She's a whack job. And, and she's not in harm's way. I'd love her. Nah, she's a nutcase. I, I could deal with her as the president. Mm-hmm. She's a no, no, no. She's a see, see, Tom. I asked Tom to do a simple thing: be a Democrat and choose someone uh, who could be. And he couldn't leave his Repu- Republican head alone. He had to go down that road. To, Tom, we do love you to bits. Uh, we'll see you soon. We've got to go. Uh, thanks again for the comments on uh, on the Mancunian candidates. You are a fellow Mancunian candidate, and we'll see you soon. Awesome, brothers. Cheers. Take see care. You soon. Um, there we have uh, Tom Anderson. Uh, our man in 
in the States. Next, we're going to, well, we're going to play this and then we're going to go to New York City. Donald Trump, you know, that clever guy, that the one who's intelligent, who's... In this country, there's no end in sight to the health crisis caused by the pandemic. Cases have not stopped rising, nor have the number of deaths. Cases are on the rise in 32 states right now. Trump made a point of showing the nation that he remains engaged in the pandemic fight, sending out these photos of himself with the coronavirus task force, including doctors Fauci and Burks meeting in the Oval Office, the only two seen wearing masks over their face there. He did brief our country today, as usual, emphasizing how well he thinks his administration is doing. We're putting out embers. We're putting out flames. We've also dramatically accelerated the availability of plasma therapies, steroid treatments, antivirals, and other therapies to treat the illness. Since March 12th, we've increased daily testing by 32,000%. We do more testing than anybody in the world. But the comments that have gotten everybody's attention are the embarrassing moments that emerged from his interview with Jonathan Swan of Axios. Right now, I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. How? A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you ha it is what it is. But that doesn't mean we aren't doing everything we can. It's under control as much as you can control it. This is a horrible plague that beset us. You really think this is as much as we can control? Uh, well, a thousand I'll deaths you, a day? I'd like to know if somebody, first of all, we have done a great job. We've gotten the governors everything they needed. Because we are so much better at testing than any other country in the world, we show more cases. I, the, the figure I look at is death. And death is going up now. Okay, no, That's no. a thousand a day. We're lower than the world. Lower than We're the lower world? lower than what is that? Europe. In Take what? Look. In what? Take a look. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the U.S. is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't, you can't do that. You have Why to go, can't I do that? You have to go by... You have to go by where... Look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases. Now, a chart created from the findings from the folks at Johns Hopkins gives a more accurate picture. The U.S., leads the 10 nations with the highest death tolls. This afternoon, in an interview on Fox Business, Trump appeared to be aware that the situation was not improving. We've lost 160,000 people. We're going to lose more. Two developments reported by The Washington Post also giving us clues as to the state of things. Seven governors have now banded together to pressure biotech companies into ramping up production of rapid detection COVID testing. And Dr. Burks has privately come out against Trump's push to reopen schools because of the current outbreaks across the country. Again, begging questions about what keeps a public health specialist from going public on a matter of public safety, other than a fear of being tweeted about, perhaps. And there we have it. Um, Jesus the latest reports coming from mess. states. What now, hopefully, if I got my system right, if I go over here and Banks looks at me in a weird way, and I do, I press this, uh, and we should have on the phones um, Joe from Queens, and and he should be there right now. Joe, are you there? 
Yes, hello. How perfect was that? Oh, you did it well then. I did it well, didn't I? It's better than, you know, <laughs> second there's time no, lucky. There's no phone calls, no noise, no ringing, no. just smooth. Yeah. Uh, type of You'll have I to am. show me how you did it. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard Tom before, Tom Anderson from Tom Anderson Radio Show. Um, he seems quite... I mean, we started talking about the virus, uh, and New York City got hit the hardest and the biggest in the States, and you're still recovering from it. How are things there? Um, things are relatively decent here. Um, I live in Queens, as you know, and overall, just in Queens alone, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and we've had 68,225 cases. Okay. Um, since the start of the pandemic. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, there were 59 new people in Queens that tested positive. So oh, uh, God. relative well, to where we were, yeah. uh, we're doing pretty good. And deaths? Um, in, uh, in, let's see. In, in fatalities here, uh, unfortunately, we have lost in the county of Queens... Uh, 5,083 total oh uh, residents of, of, of the borough of Queens. And uh, unfortunately, that ties into a lot of other subject matters to why so many residents here were affected yeah. um, versus some of the other counties. Um, but all in all, New York State uh, can certainly be looked at within the scope of, of the United States as a location uh, where we seem to be doing some things right. We're not doing everything right. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of behavior that, to be perfectly honest, is, is, uh, is a bit scary. Uh, I think people in public are getting a bit comfortable. Um, I think when you have the ability to reopen businesses, which I... I I could be wrong, but I'm willing to bet you're seeing a bit of this yourself over there in Manchester. Mm. People go into the pub, they have a few pints, all of a sudden, people are sitting right next to each other, and they're forgetting the reality that we're living in. Yeah, that's so, true. Here in New York City, without the ability to dine indoors, everybody is outdoors, and they've shut down a number of streets throughout the city um, to allow for restaurants to serve people. In the in the street, and right, yeah. what you what you now see are these <clears throat> entire blocks that basically look like a Christmas village, right. to put it simply. And that's to me, I, I see those blocks and I run. I I don't want to go anywhere near it because yeah. I, it's it's it's, it's bizarre. Crowded. It's bizarre as well. The image that it gives, what you're telling me it reminds me of wit over here and i'm sure you've had them there the block parties you call them we call them street parties usually when the queen right. has a jubilee or something we do it for a golden jubilee you had street parties where everyone shuts the street puts uh, out bunt they call it bunting and flags and stuff and a big table in the middle with buffet and everybody's having a bit of fun and it it sort of sounds like when you lock a street off and then you put everybody out like that there's sort of an air of a, almost a celebration which is, is. Ca kind of weird isn't it and uh, look this is something that has been a part of new york city's culture since its inception mm. you know we are all about black parties here 
Yeah. And we shut down entire neighborhoods and entire districts and roads. I mean, we're, you know, world famous for having ticker tape parades. Uh, coming up soon, we have the national holiday called Labor Day, which means different things to different people here in New York City. Labor Day is West Indian Day. And you have over a million people come from all around the world to celebrate Juve and West Indian culture, which basically completely shuts down Brooklyn. And we're not going to be able to do any of that, but instead everybody is hanging out in the streets because it's summertime in New York City. And it's a bit scary out there. And last week, um, I actually returned to a job site for the first time and attempted to do some work. Mm. And that was scary in a whole nother way because there were a number of safety guidelines that we're supposed to be following as workers that are meant to be enforced under the American system by the employer. And while the employer had put up some signage, um, there was no enforcement. Uh, I, in, you know, in, in, in my short time there, uh, didn't encounter any, um, you know, infectious disease mitigation officer. I wasn't given any training. I wasn't provided with any additional PPE. Uh, it was just assumed that I would know what I'm doing. And I had been contracted as an independent contractor to come in and perform my duty and that the rest of it was up to me. And the basic human behavior behind that to me is what's scary. That people are eager to rush head in to these situations because we're going to get back to work. Um, I, I, you know, I lasted one day and me and, and my coworker, we, we opted to not return because we just wow. didn't feel safe. You're right. wow, people were, you know, people were <clears throat> coming into our room. We were supposed to be working isolated, um, in small, you know, minimized as individuals or small groups with our teams. People were walking around on site with no mask and a, in, you know, in the construction space with no ventilation. Mm. Um, and how many construction workers are out in the world right now yeah. because they, they are forced to return to work to support their families? How many independent gig workers are out there right now yeah. doing jobs that they shouldn't be doing? Um, or maybe jobs that aren't even that necessary yeah. in the big picture. I mean, we're putting our lives at risk for, so, the, for, the, yeah. for this purpose of coming back to work. I, I get it. I understand. I mean, I'm looking at the big, big picture, uh, pulling back and looking at, at the United States now and the, the, the states where it's just exploding now, like uh, Florida obviously mm -hmm. Texas yeah. and, and the others. You've got that. You've got all these po all the politics involved in the mass wearing, all the, all the crazy stuff, people flouting it, all this arguing over whether or not people should go back to school or not. And then I hear this. I mean, what is the overall solution? How, how is America going to quite, get this under control? I think it's quite clear, Mike. And I think, um, um, well, I don't know if Joe agrees or not. I think we've got to look at things in a different way. I think after this is over, we've got to look at the world in a different way. It can't just be yeah. about mm. the haves and have-nots. It's got to change. Do you think, Joe? Right. We have to make a lot of changes. There has to be systemic change from the bottom up 
uh, at this point. You, you, and when you talk about the differences between, say, the U.K. and the U.S., there's certainly a lot that can be now compared. Um, but we both need to be viewing things differently and focusing on what can we do moving forward to protect ourselves, be healthy, be safe, and at the same time generate uh, you know, a product, generate a service, do mm. something that's going to yes. maintain what, economical activity. What to say another virus doesn't come out next year? Uh, we have no cover I, for. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And so living with viruses, living in the world we live in, that's what I'm talking right. about, about a basic income for people, that you don't have to and starve. In America, that's just nowhere near a reality, unfortunately, no, with no. the two parties in control, uh, unable to agree on anything. And the... the well, the check didn't <laughs> seem like a lot that they were arguing over. This fourteen. A $1,400 check that was going to be sent to everybody. And I, I started to work that out over so many weeks. And I thought, well, that, that's poverty money, isn't it? That's not going to rescue someone's life, is it? No. And right now, the major fight going on is that the federal assistance to uh, everyone who's employed in the country uh, in, 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 in America, the way it works is when you're unemployed, you file with the state that you live in for your unemployment benefits. Yeah. And then the state assigns you a, a, an amount determined upon your previous income. Yeah. And the federal relief package that passed back in March uh, provided an additional $600 per week for unemployed uh, workers across the country. That expired last week, and the majority of us uh, here in America are incapable of surviving uh, under the circumstances with what the state can provide without additional relief from the federal government. So now you have people, for instance, here in New York State, the maximum amount of unemployment benefits that you can receive as an individual is $504 per week. Mm. You tell me how you're going to be able to survive if you say even just yourself on $504 a week, that's pre-tax. So they take tax yeah. dollars out of it. So you end up with about 400 and change. Right. How are you going to maintain your life in New York City? No, not in New if York. You're, if, if you're born and bred in New York City, right? Let's say you were born like me in 1980, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you've lived in New York City your whole life. This is where your family is. You've built a good life for yourself. You found a career in live events like me. Yeah. And now all of a sudden this thing happens. There's nowhere for us to go. There's no jobs that exist that I can apply my well, skills that's, to. I do feel for that because we over here, I'm in the entertainment business and our live events are gone. Not, uh, I have a venue, yeah. live music venue. That's not going to be open till, if it, let's put it this way, I don't even want to open it before October because I don't feel, I feel that I would be endangering the public if I did. And it, it's very difficult. I've got a lot of people that I, I just 
can't give work to at the moment. And these are people who've been with me for decades. It's awful. And the government is ignoring those people. They are here. Which is why you may have seen uh, throughout the UK, there's now a digital hashtag, let the music play. Yes. And a movement to write your local MP. Yeah. Uh, because we, much like here in the States, uh, you know, live event workers are being ignored by yeah. these federal relief packages. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it, it's annoying. Have... It's annoying because p- these people will want that to be there when this is over. When this is all over, they'll expect to just go and buy the gig ticket and the theatre ticket and just go out and have a good time. They're going to come back and they're going to be culturally bereft of all this if they're not careful. One of the things I'm thinking about, what you're talking about there, Joe, is people losing their houses then becoming homeless. Uh, The homeless situation, I presume, in New York is the same as most places. It's higher than it should be. Um, How how do you see that? Can you see people actually going to lose their homes in the next few weeks, few months? Absolutely. There's already been people losing their homes. Uh, we don't have any formal protection in place. Uh, people to maintain their home without having any income. And to be fair, the landlords aren't receiving income either. And we could be looking at a complete collapse of the real estate market here in New York City as companies... Uh, small businesses and, and, you know, transplants who were never committed to be here to begin with flee the city, uh, in addition to lifelong New Yorkers who are, you know, at this point maybe just fed up or have nowhere to go and don't know what to do. People are fleeing the city right now. What is the point of this union that you have of 50 states if everything is such... A disjointed mess all over the place, and there is no centralized idea to to combat all these problems. That's a good question. I've often wondered myself why I I have to suffer uh, as you know as a result of decisions made uh, by people in places like Alaska, mm. where their vote. Uh, in a presidential election, um, the the weight behind a vote in Alaska um, <laughs> far exceeds my vote here in New York State under the mm. electoral college system. Yeah, and, and well, I can't well, believe where that's do you go just, if you break yeah, that apart. I can't believe so, that that's never been overhauled. It's it, crazy. It still hasn't. You have with the two party system. Uh, it, it goes back to the very inception. Uh, the system was built specifically to oppress certain groups of people, primarily African Americans uh, and you know indigenous tribes of this continent uh, were targeted for oppression. And since then, it's, you know that oppression has grown to include basically anybody who comes here, yeah. um, who's not white and doesn't fit into the quote-unquote, you know, standard picture of of America. Mm. So you have now a a, a great movement that's starting to gain a lot more traction with bottom-up organizing happening across the country. And 
hopefully we're going to see some of that in the November election uh, election results because there all there are alternatives. You know, we don't have to live this way. There there is a third party candidate who's already confirmed and will be on everybody's ticket representing the Green Party. You have Howie Hawkins has been nominated by the Green Party. Uh, his vice presidential selection has already been made. Um, and the Green Party stands ready to, to do what's necessary to get the country back on track. Mm. The vice presidential candidate that uh, Howie Hawkins chose is a woman named Angela Walker, mm. uh, who is an organizer and a, a young activist. She's a young single mother. Uh, and and they, they're, they're ready to put up a good fight. And so for anybody out there who's not interested in the Democratic establishment, you know, corrupting the election by setting it up to have Joe Biden be a Muppet mm. and push whatever the Democrats need to push so that they can keep their pockets full while under the guise of trying to be the People's Party, you know, or on the flip side, if you're sick of having racists, uh, represent you from the Republican Party, mm. well, you can vote green because Howie Hawkins is going to be on everybody's ticket. And if you look at the Green Party's platform, it covers every issue we've ever talked about on this show yeah. with very realistic and and, and <clears throat> human-first solutions. We have, Obviously, we have the Green Party over here, and the Green Party did very well in Germany, as you rightly know. Um, but yeah. it, it never gets the it gets the votes, but it never gets the seats here uh, because of the way our system works. And I presume it to be similar in the states. It has a, I mean, to me, it's more left leaning than Labour Party. Um, we have a Green Party member in here once. Yeah, uh, and there has so many values which I think I understand why you would vote for someone in the Green Party. But before for that to happen, do you think there's got to be a change? Because you seem so so divided as a country, so divided that uh, another division to another party, in my opinion, will not work until something's done about what's existing. Or, or do you think that's just a waste of time? At this point, and this stage, uh, to me, attempting to repair either of the two major parties yeah. is... Uh, to some extent, I don't want to say a waste of time, but our efforts would be better served by breaking them down and starting over at yeah. this point, in my opinion. And because will, and will that the, happen? I'm sorry? Well, and will that happen? Is that likely to happen? Uh, I, I don't think it's going to ha happen anytime soon. However, there is a very large movement in the, the, the next generation uh, Generation Z, as they're being called, yeah, yeah. Um, who are on board with this thinking. They are tired of, of uh, hearing it from political parties who truly don't represent their interests. Yeah. They see it better than the millennials seem to have seen it. Um, so there's, there's evidence of hope. There were a number of uh, DSA-endorsed candidates, the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, were able to get... A number of candidates through the primaries, um, you know, of course, the most famous being Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who um, is basically now the leader of the quote-unquote squad, yeah. um, which we've now seen just yesterday out in Missouri. Um, 
What's her name slipping my mind right now? I feel terrible, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. We another another great progressive candidate has toppled um, mm. a, a Democratic incumbent who's maybe been a little bit too comfortable for the past twenty yeah. years and hasn't done his job the right way. Yeah. Well, do you so, think maybe that's the the that's a good way of it. We would call it entryism, where you get people enter a party and they they restructure it from within they make it more in line with what people need well they tried that over well, here didn't they in the, with the labor party yeah but you had an incompetent that did it whatever well, well, these people are actually quite <laughs> yeah. intelligent that are doing it well who knows uh but i, I would i would like to say sorry yeah. this uh the woman i was just referring to who won yesterday her yeah. name is cory bush yeah. and yeah. she's replacing lacy clay so Cory Bush had a great victory great. Uh, for progressives everywhere. And yes, it is entryism. We have, I didn't register as a Democrat myself until just a few years ago. Mm. And the only purpose in registering as a Democrat is to disrupt their party. Yeah. I have no interest in the party's well, uh, established. I understand. Well, we're just talking about VP picks uh, after a, a quite a big disagreement over whether or not uh, <laughs> Mr. Trump is actually uh, using stormtroopers to destroy people's civil liberties. But um, the 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 thing is, I. I'm hoping it's not someone like Kamala Harris. I would have preferred someone like Elizabeth Warren, but even she ended up sort of wishy-washy towards the end, even though I, I loved some of her initial policies and I loved her attitude of t this tax on the super rich and all the rest of it, which was great. But I just don't, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's not going to be a full two-term president. He's just not. He's not well. And I think that the VP yeah. pick is very, very, very important. And I worry that it's going to be Kamala Harris because I think that she is just another Wall Street crony. I agree. Um, I, I really, I'm at a loss at this point when it comes to the, the Democratic Party's decision-making process. They have put themselves in bed with uh, what I consider to be Republicans, mm. and they're looking to, uh, uh, you know, build bridges across the aisle, so to speak, by bringing in moderates and right-leaning democrats and right you know flat-out right-wing republicans and bring them to the forefront because i i i'm I can only assume because they're afraid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, Democrats, to me, I watch it very it's sort of more detached than you. And I just look at it and I watched the Obama presidency. He, he won with one of the biggest landslides that there's ever been. Suddenly, you've got a black guy in the White House with an unassailable majority who, who won. Absolutely, by a landslide. And at that point, you've got to look at it the other way. What if that had been a Republican win? They would have just gone in, steamrolled everything, done everything. There would have none have been any of this reaching across the aisle. They would have done all the policies they wanted to do. And yet Obama, the minute he got in, he starts reaching across the, the aisle, Senate. getting rid of the public yeah. option from the, from the health um, bill, which would have kept all the insurance companies under control at least. All these things happen, and he's constantly reaching across the island. And my, I said to a mate of mine at the time, I said, do you know the problem with this? I'm seeing it again. Democrats, they never act like they've won, do they? 
yeah, there's there's a bit of that. Um, but at the end of the day, the reality is the Democratic Party is every bit as selfish, uh, and and the individuals who are at the top of it are every bit as selfish I've seen as. It. Yeah, anybody else, and they're they're minding their own pocketbooks. Oh, they're, nice. they're not yeah. concerned with the people. They're not looking to make actual progress. They're not looking to put humans yeah. first. They're not looking to no. work, put the 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 low income and working families of of this country ahead of their own personal relationships and profits. Well, I so, think it, I think they played. Uh, I think they were too obvious about what they were doing when they did that deal with Buttigieg and Klobuchar uh, to shaft Bernie this time. I think Absolutely. that I think that was so they if they think that's subtle everybody thought that was absolutely appalling when that happened and, it, and you know It was. Yeah. Uh, another it's time we've run out of time um, Joe thank you so much for being part of the Mancunian Union candidates and we hope to speak to you next week if that's possible there's only so many shows left we're taking a short break and we may be coming back in a different format we shall see on that sounds one good. Uh, yeah, quite sounds exciting, good sounds good I look forward to talking to you guys again okay yes. thanks you, Joe you take care take care cheers bye, bye. what a good guy uh, good. Joe from Queens he knows his stuff he does know this stuff He's right uh, about the Democrats. Yeah, totally but it's right. the only credible alternative there is to Trump. The only oh, chance of getting that, rid of Trump the is... The only problem you've got with, with the, the Greens and all the rest of it is the same problem you had back the in the day here. when you had, um, you had a third candidate where that almost split the vote with uh, Bill Clinton's election. And, and you've got to, at this point, I think you have to look at the greater... Sometimes you've just got to vote for the lesser of two undesirables. And, and uh, that is a depressing way to be. I mean, there was a lot of hope when people were voting for Obama. I know a lot of black people were so excited yeah, at the future the Senate, and everything though, he else. Was, he, was, he, was, he had one leg all the way through. Yeah, well, I know he did. I know. That's so, what I've just got to. I mean, he, he came in, I'm going to fix health care, and then he, he did this halfway house that allowed him to be attacked by Republicans yeah. for all its flaws. And, and it didn't, if he'd have just done what he was going to do and bring in, sorry to use the dirty word, socialised healthcare for the United States, people would have got used to it. Yeah. Within months, they'd have got used to that as an unassailable right, <coughs> and it would have never been able to be taken away, ever. We have gone people 10 minutes over it. the time of the show. Any final words, Mike, before next week? We are running this month, and then we're taking a short break, and we'll see you after that, hopefully in a different format. Um, but any. Any words for yeah, just, just seriously, just just do all the stuff you've been asked to do, socially distance, don't go to stupid parties. If someone's asking you to do stuff that you're not comfortable with, don't do it and just take care and be safe. Don't be a dick. I think that's that's the way. Sums it up. Pretty much.